Hello, everyone. I'm Robbie Swale, and this is the 12 Minute Method Podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to be investigating how we can beat procrastination, be more productive, and finally do those things we have been meaning to do. And in season one, what that means is I'm going to be reflecting on a number of things that I mostly first wrote about together in one place in the in the about the author section of the 12 Minute Method books, in book one in particular. Um, these are things that over my life I have procrastinated on, thought I might not get done, and then finally done in the end. And in each episode, I'll spend up to 12 minutes reflecting on one of those things um, and sharing those reflections with you, hoping to identify patterns, things that you can use, ways that you can finally do the things that you've been meaning to do. Okay, so episode number four about the 12-minute blog, starting a blog. I'm going to get to that in a sec, but I've just listened back to episode three, and I want to kind of, as part of this, um, as part of learning from this, for me, for, for hopefully listeners, and I want to, I'm pulling together at the start of each episode, what I heard in the previous episode. Now, the nice thing about the previous episode is I actually kind of did a summary of uh, uh, of what had come up in um in that episode. Um, so I pulled it together. There's like do hard things, practice them. Like the way that, that the way that we change, the way that things that we find really hard, scary, and the way that we get better at them is we do them. Um, and one of my old coaches, Rich Litvin, talks about confidence as a result of action, not a requirement to take it. We can't think about it as a requirement because it always comes after. It always comes after. The rule of thumb, and we'll get back to that from the war of art. We'll get back to that today when we talk about that. Um, Sit down and do the work. So it's like turn pro. That's a key theme of, of building my coaching business, which is what episode three was about. Um, and take control and make success within your control. That was a really key part of building a coaching business to me, finding the ways that success could be within my control when it can be so demoralizing building a business that sales are essentially outside of your control because somebody else has to say yes and has to send you their money. But there are things we can do to make success within our control to help us keep going um, when we might otherwise give up. So that's um, those were the key insights that I, that I heard in episode three. Um, just a quick reminder that if you want to um, if you want to hear more about the twelve minute method more broadly, you can do that at, at, the tw- at robbieswale.com. But we're going to get into the origin of the twelve minute method, really, in in this episode. Um, the other thing that just came up when I was listening back, it was actually kind of an episode two insight when I was thinking about the wisdom of David Gemmell. And I don't remember if I mentioned it in that one. I didn't mention it last time, but I, I would, I'd thought a lot about resistance and then about the eighty twenty rule. And it's just worth coming back to that because it's it's so useful, really, and probably it forms a part of the of the twelve minute. Um, blog, which we'll get to in a sec, and how I started that. Um, but the idea basically being comes from an Italian economist called Perito in the like 18th century, and he spotted that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the people. And then he spotted that this ratio came up everywhere, and, and you'll see it in your life. You probably wear, we almost all wear like 20% of our wardrobe, 80% of the time. And I don't know if anyone else is like me, but in COVID, that became like you know, one you know, one outfit, ninety eight percent of the time, not quite, but nearly, um, and it shows up everywhere. And then a good way to get things done is to remind, for me as a procrastinator, is to remind myself that after I've done twenty percent of the work on something, I'm eighty percent. I've got eighty percent of the results, and then the the, the rest of the eighty percent of work that I will do will only improve what I'm doing, um, twenty percent uh, more. And I used to do, I used to proofread emails to death. And one of the ways I got better at sending emails out in my business, um, which goes back to episode three a little bit, was I stopped proofreading them. 
<laughs> and so that means that clients will recognize getting emails with typos in from me. But I'm not, my emails are not full of typos. When I write them the first time, it's got more than 80% of what I need. Now, of course, I still spend ages agonizing over emails sometimes. I'm a human. But um, yeah, the 80-20 rule I thought was worth pulling out. Right. So, but today we're going to talk about writing. Let's give the 12-minute timer, set it going. And here we go. So it was almost exactly six years ago as I'm recording this um, and, and as this podcast comes out that I started a blog. And um, this emerged from my coaching with Joel Monk, who I mentioned in episode three. He was my coach, one of my first coaches. Um, and the work we did has had a really transformational impact on my life. He runs an amazing coach training organization called Coaches Rising, but is, a, is also a, a beautiful, masterful coach. And we'd been working on a few things in, in that engagement. Partly we'd been working on... Um, my coaching business, and partly this thing had emerged, this theme had emerged about sharing myself. And I didn't think we necessarily knew what that meant, but it felt really important. And like I said, the rule of thumb was probably really important here, as I remember it. So I don't think I had dreams of being a writer particularly, but I'd noticed, but I did like writing. That was a part of what we were working on. I'd written a couple of articles. They'd kind of emerged. Joel had given me a writing exercise that had helped with one and I'd shared a poem, like there was something about sharing myself with the world and sharing things I'd made. And and the way I talk about it usually is there are a few reasons that that was important. One is I was starting a business and it, it was going to become important to be able to share things online. Because what would happen is I would feel super anxious about even making, as I remember it, even making a joke, a post on Facebook. This was 2016. So Facebook and the internet was a bit weird in the UK. Brexit had happened. Everything was quite angry. But, um, but like... Even a joke, I would I would kind of write it, then I would agonize about it, then I would delete it, and then I wouldn't post it. Or sometimes I would post it, and I would feel incredibly stressed about that. And I didn't want to feel like that. So one part of it is I didn't want my life to be like that. And I'd kind of already seen that um, life didn't have to be like that. You know, I'd seen that we can change how we think about things, and, and that can make our life feel different. Uh, and maybe may talk about that more in another episode. But that insight was really important to me. My mindset affects how I feel. And if I want to feel better, I can change my mindset, I can change how I do things. So I didn't want it to be like that. So we had that going on. We had the business going on. So like, it'd be useful to be able to share things online without agonizing over it if I want to have a, an online business. Um, and then we had the rule of thumb, which for those who haven't listened to the last episode, um, is a thing from The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, where he talks about resistance, which is all the anxiety we have about doing things that we're called to do, all the reasons we don't do it. And he says, the place where you feel the most resistance is the most important for your soul's evolution. So I kind of knew that as well. So we had all this going on and we talked about writing and then, and we'd also played around with this train journey I had from Clapham Junction in Southwest London to Waterloo, which is a big station, which I then walked to work from. And I liked the freedom of that. I liked reading on it and I'd, I'd, we'd played with, could I write a poem on it? Could I, you know, there was something about it. And one day as we were talking about sharing myself and maybe we were talking about writing, Joel talked about how when he was a visual artist, because that's one of the things he did before he became a coach, he'd like to paint series of paintings. And what if I wrote a series of articles? And then gradually what emerged was what if I wrote them on the train? Now, at this point, as I think back, I was like, wow, I, I made some smart decisions at this point, or we created something. I'd already, I'd like, I'd, I'd listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss podcasts. I'd thought a lot about, you know, I knew some kind of things to try. Sometimes I'll ask my coaching clients, what do you, like, what do you want to practice? Or, or, you know, but also I'll ask them, what, what are some practices you've heard of to do with that? And often people, the things they want to change or the things they want to do, they kind of heard some good ideas. They're just not doing them yet. And this was an opportunity for me to apply. I can already see it, a few ideas. 
So one of them was um, a series appealed to me because I'd heard Tim Ferriss say, and we'll get back to this when I talk about the Coach's Journey podcast in a future episode. I'd heard Tim Ferriss say when he started his podcast, he'd recorded five because um, he'd like committed to recording five because he knew that when the first one, if he only did one, he'd be so embarrassed about it that he wouldn't share it and he wouldn't do any more. But if he booked in five conversations with other people, you know, though he would be on a bound to, to keep those conversations. And by the time he got to five, he'd have a much better idea of, is this a good thing to do or not? So a series appealed to me and we thought we'd do it on the train. And I was going to, on this train journey, five days in the next two weeks. Um, and then I was going on holiday. So I went I went part-time at the time, as I talked a bit about a bit last time. I had a period where I worked part-time, coached part-time. So on the days I was going in, I would write one blog post each day. And the game was going to be right while the... Um, Right while the train is moving, stop when it stops, proofread it once, just once. Like I didn't want to proofread it no times because I might say something stupid, but proofread it once, 80-20 rule, probably once is enough, um, and post it online. And I decided to post it on LinkedIn, partly because my friend Alex Swallow, I think, had seen his blogging on LinkedIn and quite admired it, and partly because... um, I thought no one really read LinkedIn. Like It wasn't as scary as posting it on Facebook. The people that really mattered to me weren't there. And I think LinkedIn has always been, in the times I've been on it, a nicer place than Facebook. Um, And so I didn't want to go. Some people at that time I knew, like my brother, were blogging on Facebook in some ways. That wasn't going to be me. I chose LinkedIn. Um, and, and then I did it. And it's remarkable to me that I that I set out and wrote these articles. You can find them. They're on my website. If you scroll all the way back through the 12-minute method, the 12-minute blog, um, you can find them. Or if, probably if you just Google Robbie Swale train series one, um, you'll find them on LinkedIn or on my website. And then if you do it on my website, you'll be able to find the next ones quite easily. Um, I wrote these pieces. I got on the train. I wrote them on my phone with my thumbs flickering furiously. And they were okay is how I remember them. If you, you can go back and read them and judge this for yourself. And what happened was it wasn't fun. It was pretty scary and I was a bit anxious. Um, like definitely it wasn't like joyful to post them, but it felt the way I talk about it these days is it felt good. It's a bit like going for a run. I never want to go for a run or going to the gym before I go. I do a bit sometimes, but mostly if I'm going to do the hard work, I don't want to do it. But after I've done it, it feels like a good thing to have done. And the 12 minute writing felt like that. Uh, except it wasn't 12 minute writing at the time that happened later so basically I went on holiday at that point saying I would decide what would happen next and I essentially decided to make it a weekly practice and again looking back this feels really wise to me I kind of thought what's sustainable I do it was going to do it until Christmas that was my plan it was August September by the time I started again I think and um it's going to do it until that Christmas and twice a week every day that felt too much once a week felt about right. And I think that was really smart because essentially I've kept that practice going now for six years. Again, almost six years to the day as I record this in August 2022. And um, over time, I stopped getting the train. And when I didn't get the train I st- as much, and when I didn't get the train, I still wanted to be able to write. And so I checked how long the train was and it was about 12 minutes. Um, and um. So I now I set a timer. That's where the 12-minute method comes from. I set a timer, write while the timer's going, stop when it stops, proofread it once, post it online. And I've been doing that for six years. And I, you know, I'm just thinking, kind of slow down a bit and think where I want to go in these, these last four or five minutes that we've got here. So it's worth saying that this is where my books came from. So the books are the first three years of that blog. Um, what's amazing about that is that I sat down thinking after three years, it was quite hard to find the blogs on LinkedIn. 
and I realized that um, I could make them into a book. Uh, Seth Godin had done that, and I thought it would be interesting to do that. And what was amazing was, and I might talk about this more in a future episode when I talk about the books, but um, what was amazing about that was I'd been writing about something. So the first turned out that when I dealt out the first three years of the articles, they were about winning creative battles. And so that's what those 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 12 minute books, the two are out already. One will come out soon, another one before the end of 2022. Um, that's where they came from. They were writ- written 12 minutes a week. Uh, there've been stuff done to them after that. And that's, that's, you know, to make them into books, but that's where they came from. And it's important to say that. It's also really important to say that 12 minutes a week was about right. Sometimes when people mishear the 12 minute method, they, I've had been interviewed on podcasts and people keep talking to me about 12 minutes a day. If I tried to do 12 minutes a day, there's no way I'd have kept it going for six years. Just no way. 12 minutes a week. That was enough. When I was working on book two in the 12 minute method series, which is how to keep going when you want to give up. So that's yeah, about 20,000 words over the first three years. I'd written about 80,000 words and the, the first two books are both about 20,000 words each. Um, I really noticed that it was a tortoise and hare story, this blog. So Alex, for example, my my friend, uh, he'd written an article early on when I was had written a few LinkedIn posts about writing 100 articles on LinkedIn. And I thought, well, I'll never have written 100 articles on LinkedIn. But the truth is, I've written 250 now, and I've written more than Alex, um, because I've been writing consistently over those years. And there are, there, you know, this is not an attack on Alex. There's lots of reasons to not... Um, to not write uh, in all kinds of ways, but it just shows me, one of the things that this habit really showed me is um, that if you make it sustainable, so 12 minutes a week, I can always find that. And it takes me a bit longer than that to like proofread it, put it on LinkedIn. Uh, I take a picture every time with the blog. And this was a this was a good 80-20 thing or like, oh, a resistance thing. I was thinking, oh, what picture can I put? And then I thought, no, that's resistance. It doesn't matter what picture. Once I've written the article, like... I've got like 80% of the, more than 80% of the result. The picture doesn't matter that much. So I started taking a picture wherever I'd written the article. So lots of the early ones are trains. Lots of the more recent ones are views from my flat in Battersea. Um, And um, yeah, so that's why the pictures are there. And, you know, it's like, so that takes a bit of time. So it does take more than 12 minutes. But that's a good example of why 12 minutes a week was about right, because I, I could keep it sustainable over that time. And and the writing practice has just changed me in so many ways. Um, it's changed me in as a thinker, as a speaker, because if you write how you think, then every time you, you know, you write, you're practicing how you think. If you write how you speak, every time you're writing, you're practicing how you speak. It's got easier. It's really important to say that. Like, not straight away. And there have been articles that I've written you know, certainly three years, four years in, there were some articles that felt incredibly, I felt a lot of resistance about posting. They were more controversial in some way, or they felt like they were more edgy for me. But but the, the it, it worked, right? One of the things I set out to practice in 2016 was I, I wanted to be someone who, it, like I said, I, it, it wasn't really painful every time I wanted to share something about myself or that I'd made on the internet. And that has happened. And it's really important to say that to you because it means that if we do the hard things, in the end, they become less hard. Like, that's one of the things I've learned from this. Um, and it really feels to me true that, uh, like, I've changed as a, that, that, that rule of thumb is right, right? That's another thing that, that comes from this 12-minute practice, because I set out to do the pl- thing that, that gave me, felt like it gave me the most resistance, like, right, right from the heart, right about myself, do these things, keep pushing myself to write about the things that scare me, 
all those things. And I have changed as a person through that. And it's created so much abundance. There have been people that know me, my clients, um, the books have emerged from that. I've transformed as a person. Like, so it really does feel that that rule of thumb was true. And that's one of many, many lessons from the 12 minute blog. And another is, of course, that you can create in a short amount of time every week after a long period. Um, oh, there's the timer. If you do something a little bit every week, in the end, and this should be totally obvious, this feels like one of the great lessons from the 12 minute method for me. I, I wrote about it in, I wrote about it in the books. If you do something every week, for even just 12 minutes, in the end, you end up with something absolutely magical. And it feels to me that that is what, that is what has happened to me with these, with these blogs. You end up with, I ended up with 80,000 words in three years, which could be some amazing books that I'd accidentally written. I've changed as a person. It's, it's truly amazing. Um, so feels like there could have been lots more I said about that, but it's great to tell those stories. I think I will come back and tell the stories of the books in another episode, which will give me a bit more time to, to dig into some of these things. Um, yeah, I mean, like you can get, if you, if you, um, buy one of the books, you can sign up for some stuff, free stuff, which, which gives you an action sheet. And on that, it talks about how do you, um, you know, creating your own 12 minute practice. And, and in some ways in that, what I say is like, think about who you want to be and then think about what they do and then find a way to practice that for just 12 minutes each week. Of course, what I've seen is what's been wonderful about people who have taken that and run with it is they've often made it 20 minutes or 40 minutes because the 12 minutes was arbitrary. In fact, what was funny is researching the book, um, I checked how long the train is and actually mostly it's not 12 minutes. It's only a few times a day it's 12 minutes. So it's total chance that, that it's the 12 minute method. And that's perfect because it doesn't have to be exactly 12 minutes. But so find the think about the person you want to be, how you want to grow, what you want to be able to do in a different way. Think about what people who are like that already do. In my case, well, someone who shares things who, freely without feeling huge amounts of anxiety and fear shares things a lot. Then find a way to do that thing and lower the pressure and do all those things we talked about last time. Make success within your control. So uh, last thing, actually, I'm cheating now. I'm past the 12 minutes, aren't I? But I'm just going to give you this thing. So um, I... In the 12-minute, the trading articles, and the 12-minute article always says this was written in 12 minutes. And that's the way to, to let my fear off the hook because I am I was terrified of these things. I was scared that I would be judged. No one hated me. No one wrote anything horrible. I didn't get many likes and comments on those early articles, but it, I got enough to keep going. Um, so get, let yourself off the hook in whatever way you need to do that to make sure that success is within your control, to make sure that you can keep going. Um, and you can choose whatever practice you want and do it in 12 minutes, but I recommend a creative one. And a, one that's about creating from the heart, because those things they they um, they have wide rippling effects. So that's enough for me. Cheated a bit on the twelve minutes today. Um, don't forget, you can read more about the twelve minutes uh, and all that sort of stuff on my website, and you'll get that again in the outro. Um, I hope you take from the, if you like this, but you want to hear more about this, you can go to my website and and I've been a, my challenge for this year, which I'll probably talk about in a future episode, has been to appear on a hundred podcasts. So if you go to my website and and scroll down to the to the writing bit or or click the writing link or scroll down to find the twelve minute method hundred podcast challenge, um, or you go to my Twitter or Instagram or somewhere, you'll find links to to some podcasts I've appeared on to where I've talked about this often at, at greater length. Um, and of course, you can read more about it in the books. But I'll be back next time um, with another episode. And until then, I really hope you took some some great insight from this. I'm wishing you um, a great rest of the day. 
Okay, just a couple more things before you head out to whatever else you've got going on in the rest of your day. Um, if you want to find out a bit more about me or sign up to my mailing list, you can do that at www.robbyswale.com. If you want to read the 12-Minute Method books, you can find out more about them on my website. You can find them on Amazon and you can find them in lots of other bookshops and booksellers um, around the world. You might want to come and join the 12-Minute Method Facebook group. You can find that by searching for the 12-Minute Method on Facebook or there's links on my website. Um, and you can find some other people there who are interested in, in doing work that matters to them and finally doing the things that they want to do. You can find me on lots of social media platforms. Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn, so you might want to find me there. Um, and most of all, I'd, I'd love to hear from you, especially if something that I've made has inspired you to finally do something you've been meaning to do for a long time. Um, that th Hearing those stories are some of the most meaningful things for me in my work. And so um, they help me keep going when I might want to give up. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you. But most of all, I'd love it if you did that thing, uh, that thing that matters to you that you've been meaning to do. <laughs>